0: Coming up on today's Locked Reds podcast, why Jonathan India might not win the BBWAA NL Rookie of the Year. He's won every other news outlet's Rookie of the Year award for the National League, but we'll, we'll squint. We'll, we'll we'll squint really hard and and see a scenario where he doesn't win the award tonight. It's being announced tonight. Uh the NL and the AL, a bunch of different awards, but the NL and AL BBWAA rookie of the year but first a thought about what's at stake with all these labor negotiations that are about to take place that's coming up here on today's locked on reds podcast let's get started you are locked on reds your daily cincinnati reds podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day You have found the Locked on Reds podcast, where we are locked on Reds every single day, off season or no. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, addict and super fan of the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned that addiction into information for you. I've covered all things Cincinnati sports. You can also find me on allbearcats.com as well. But with this Reds team, it's been an interesting offseason already. We've been talking about that all uh, pretty much the couple of weeks since the season ended. If you did not check out Friday's episode, I kind of lay out why this sh- looks like a rebuild. We'll talk about we talked about that on Friday, and we'll continue to talk about that as the off season rolls on, especially as the Reds make their next move. All right, T- today it's about Jonathan India, and tomorrow, hopefully, about Jonathan India as well. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about the big picture that Major League Baseball and the players can't miss. We're talking about on December the 1st, this current CBA is expiring and there's a chance that there will be a lockout on December the 2nd. I was listening to Locked On Blue Jays earlier today. They had Evan Drellick on from The Athletic, kind of breaking it all down. If you want a really good overview as to what's going to happen and what's going on, Behind the scenes, Evan Drellick is in the know and Lockdown Blue Jays had a great talk with him today. But when you look at this, the owners want more control, sure. The players, they want some more control as well and uh, there's so many nuances and details that it can make your head spin, all right? If we're being honest, you can talk about the DH, you can talk about the possibility of a salary cap, which I think the players are gonna fight tooth and nail about. You can talk about, Uh, players getting more money and all this other stuff. It's just so many things are going to come out, especially in the next couple of weeks. I believe there's an owner's meeting. So we might hear from Rod Manfred at that point, but um, the major league baseball can't miss this one thing right now. And I don't think it's a stretch to say this major league baseball is the third most popular professional sport in America. The NFL is far and away the most popular sport that there is. And then you've got the NBA right behind them. And you could argue that college sports is in there, probably even ahead of Major League Baseball. But for professional purposes, Major League Baseball is third. The NFL and NBA understand that it's all about the fan experience. And they've had their own labor stuff, what it talks about players and owners. It's a work environment. As much as we love baseball, The business of major league baseball is as if an everyday workplace. They don't have an office. Well, there's the major league office, but it's not like the players clock in at nine and clock out at five and they got to do all this other stuff. But that's essentially what we're talking about. Think of your work. Are you completely satisfied all of the time with your relationship with your management With your owner, with if you even know who the owner is, with your upper management, things like that, there are always sides where the ownership, especially in Major League Baseball, where ownership is trying to get theirs and players are trying to get theirs, we fans don't really have anything to do with these negotiations. We just want baseball. The NBA and the NFL understand that the fan experience comes first. That's why you've got so many different ways that you can consume an NBA game, that you can watch an NFL game. You've got stuff on your phone. You can watch on your television. You've got all of this accessibility to watch games. NFL Red Zone might be the best creation known to man. Things like this are what put these two sports ahead of the MLB. Because MLB is so worried about blackout restrictions and so worried about local markets getting their money and and things like this that it has now hamstrung the sport to a point that everything is so regional. Whenever the Tigers acquired Tucker Barnhart a couple of weeks ago, the Tigers fans were just like, cool, who's Tucker Barnhart? Because unless you are a fan of that team, unless you are a fan of the Reds, you don't know who Tucker Barnhart is. I'm sorry, like... Probably Cardinals fans, Pirates fans, Cubs fans, and Brewers fans know because they've played against the Reds a whole bunch. But outside of the division, that is where the regionality is so limiting to Major League Baseball. And they've got to figure out a way to get rid of all of that. I don't know if that's something that they can do in CBA negotiations, but this is a point that they can't miss. Because fans, there's all this talk about, well, pace of play and things like that, and so, so many things are hamstringing Major League Baseball. The biggest thing that is keeping Major League Baseball down is its own ability to market its own product, and that is where the NFL and the NBA have left Major League Baseball in the dust years ago, so when you look at the whole labor negotiation thing and and the possibility of a lockout, a prolonged lockout, and dear God, I hope this doesn't happen, but a possible delay of the 2022 season would be crippling because not only are you bad at marketing your own sport when it's happening, but now let's talk about a world in which your sport isn't happening because of your players and your owners fighting about money and this and that and the other and Evan Drellick made the point on the Blue Jays podcast on Lockdown Blue Jays that he was like the players in the last couple of days, th- there's a huge reason why there's not been a whole lot of labor strife and it's because the players have been pretty comfortable the players have been pretty malleable and willing to kind of acquiesce certain things to the owners so the owners have kind of had the upper hand in the last couple of negotiations and they went smoothly because of that. The problem with that is the players have seen certain things taken away from them and they don't like that and they're ready to fight. So this could be very interesting how this all goes down, but regardless of the details of what's going to come of the CBA negotiation, major league baseball has to fix something soon. Like this year, they have to figure out the whole blackout crap because the blackout crap is stupid like, you, I know that there's so many stories about, uh, like, there was someone who reached out to me later last season that lived in North Carolina who was blacked out from watching a Reds game. In North Carolina. You gotta stop that. You gotta In the blackouts now. That's the easiest first step for Major League Baseball to market its own product, and I don't know why they haven't done it yet. All right, we're going to talk more about Jonathan India, the NL Rookie of the Year, and... Won't win it? I don't know. That's that's coming up here in a minute. Uh, before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about DirecTV Stream. Speaking of bringing everything into the 21st century, bring your television into the 21st century. Get all of your entertainment options under one screen and do it with DirecTV. You've probably got a, uh, a profile on this streaming network, profile over here, something to watch sports on this one, something to watch your movies over here, something to watch your favorite reality TV shows. Stop it. Consolidate it all under one TV, and that's with Direct TV Stream. Go to DirectTV.com today and learn about the different packages that they have because they've got it all: live sports, television. You've got news, you've got uh, reality TV, movies. All of the great on-demand stuff can be brought under one TV screen with Direct TV Stream. Check them out today. Again, DirectTV.com. A compatible device is required, and uh, the contents vary. Buy the packages with which you choose. All right, so we're going to squint. And what I would love to think is an alternate reality, which, by the way, thank you for making Lockdown Reds your hashtag first lesson of the day. But uh, what I'd love to consider as an alternate reality. This is The Watcher, and I see y'all. Okay, I don't see all, but I try to watch as much as I can. And when you look at the two guys who are finalists with Jonathan India for the NL Rookie of the Year, there's a chance, a chance, a small chance, a little tight chance through a squint that they could get picked. Dylan Carlson, let's start with him. He had a 117 OPS plus For his rookie year. Now, it's interesting because he was one of those guys that benefited from the fact that he played in 2020, but his rookie eligibility extended to 2021. He had 18 homers and 31 doubles this past season, and he held down some key lineup spots for the Cardinals. He was a key member of that lineup that helped them go through that crazy win streak and make the playoffs and have a pretty decent season. And there's always the chance... Because we know how Major League Baseball, how the national media, how everybody feels about the Cardinals, they just love them some St. Louis Cardinals, so they could have Cardinals goggles on and uh, remember that St. Louis hasn't had a rookie of the year since 2001 whenever Albert Pujols won the award. So Dylan Carlson might get that stupid little Cardinals tilt in the media. Because, again, this is the BBWAA, the Baseball Writers Association of America, that is voting on this award. And this is the one that gets you that nice, shiny trophy. The other guy, Trevor Rogers, had a pretty decent season as well. 2.64 ERA and a strikeout rate of 28.5%. Pretty good stuff and pretty high up on the percentile list. He only allowed six home runs all year because opposing hitters just couldn't barrel up his pitches. He only allowed, he only had a 5% barrel rate, which was near the top 10% of the league. It was 89th percentile, so top 11% really close. And the last Marlin to win a rookie of the year award was a pitcher. Jose Fernandez a couple of years ago. So I look at these two guys and I say they've got some pretty impressive resumes. Again, Carlson was a key part of the lineup for St. Louis, and rogers pretty sure. I mean, Sandy Alcantara actually had a pretty good season, so it, it'd be an argument as to who the best pitcher was for Miami, but I think it was Trevor Rogers. So if you're the best dude on your own team, you definitely got an argument, and they could be there to a point. Okay, I, I can't. I can't. If Jonathan India doesn't win this Rookie of the Year when he's literally won every other Rookie of the Year, this would make no sense to me. Jonathan India had an amazing, amazing season, and we're talking about a dude who came out of nowhere. These other guys had hype. Dylan Carlson and Trevor Rogers had hype. Jonathan India had a little bit of hype like three years ago, and then through a couple of Down years, like in Florida and things like that, people were starting to wonder if he was going to be anything at all. And we've said it a million times on the podcast. So if you're just joining us today, thank you, by the way. And make sure you're subscribed. You don't want to miss anything I've got for you this offseason. But when it comes to Jonathan India, we were talking about him being a prospect trade chip, a guy that the Reds should use to bring in some talent to win now. So glad they didn't do that. Because Jonathan Indy is awesome. I don't know if you know that or not. Jonathan Indy has got a real good shot uh, to be this team's best player for a long time coming. Uh, Which, that's got me thinking about that. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But when I look at Trevor Rodgers and Dylan Carlson, they just don't add up. Jonathan India was a much better hitter than Dylan Carlson and Trevor Rogers while he was a good pitcher and it's really hard to compare position players and pitchers and when I looked at the list of NL rookies of the year over the last decade or so there's been more position players picked than pitchers so that kind of bode well for Jonathan India even though Devin Williams won it last year last year was just so weird but when I look at and, and he was amazing and I don't think Trevor Rogers was quite on the same uh level of playing field that Devin Williams was. But I, I just think that Jonathan India has the most elementary argument of any of them because he played so well. Nobody trusted their dude more than David Bell trusted Jonathan India when he put him in the leadoff spot. He put a brand new rookie who really was just figuring out his own position at second base, let alone figuring out Major League Baseball. And David Bell was like, hey, let's put him in the leadoff spot. Let's see what happens. And he went off. He was an amazing leadoff hitter. If he doesn't win in a rookie of the year... You want to talk about how stupid the college football playoff committee is? We'll talk about how stupid this NL Rookie of the Year award is if Jonathan India doesn't win All right, coming up here in just a minute, I want to uh, open up the floor. I'm going to get your take on this, and we'll have a mailbag episode later this week. Something that I've not done a lot, and I want to kind of institute more this offseason is mailbag stuff. I know that we have the Lockdown Reds line and things like that, but I want to have a segment each week where we address... Some questions, some comments, whatever you've got. And uh, I'm going to kind of stoke your mind here in just a minute with Is Jonathan India the best red for the foreseeable future? We'll talk about that coming up. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about Bill Bar, because we are on my favorite part of the year, Thanksgiving. Like, I love Christmas and, and opening days, amazing too. But it's just something about Thanksgiving that just gets you. you just sit down, you eat a whole bunch of food and you watch football. That's amazing. But say you want to be a little bit healthy and you don't want to have that sixth piece of pumpkin pie. Reach yourself for a built bar. Maybe you can help out your health a little. Okay, sixth piece. Yeah. Probably at that point, a Built Bar is only going to do so much for you. But Built Bar can replace all of those high calorie, high fat, bad sugar for you, you know, desserts. And they can make you feel like you're eating a dessert while also remaining healthy because Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate and they've only got like 180 calories at most in any one built bar and you're talking about less than four grams of sugar, less than four grams of fat, and up to eighteen grams of protein. This stuff is phenomenal for you, but you're not gonna realize it. Like most of the time when you eat a different protein bar, you're gonna be like, oh, this is chalky. I hate this. So Feeling in my mouth. I want to get it out. Built Bar is amazing. You're going to feel like you're eating a candy bar. It's going to taste like you're eating a dessert and it's going to be healthy for you too. Check him out today at built.com and use the promo code lock15 to save 15% off your next order. Built.com has all of this amazing stuff going on through the month of November and on Black Friday, they're going to have some kind of crazy sales going on, so you're not going to want to miss that. That's built.com. And again, LOCKED15 for the promo code to save 15% off your next order. All right, so I got a question for you and I'm going to give you my take. Is Jonathan India the best red for the foreseeable future? the most talented, the going to give you the most production, the most marketable. We're talking about all of that. The big picture is Jonathan India number one. Like, okay, so let's, let's, let's even do this. Cause this is a popular way to kind of argue about the goodness of something nowadays, a quick current reds Mount Rushmore. And I'm talking about considering the future. So I'm actually Sort of leaving Joey Votto out of this. I love Joey Votto, and Joey Votto has been one of the best Reds of all time, ever in the history of baseball. But I think for the foreseeable future, we're looking at some different players other than him. So maybe you put him on the Mount Rushmore of Reds from now. So like, if we're starting a time capsule thing right now, moving forward five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, who is the best Red? During this upcoming period of Reds baseball. Jonathan India, I think, has a very big argument. You're talking about a dude who not only plays second base pretty well. I know his outs above average don't really support that, but I think that's going to really right the ship this upcoming season. But he has so much athleticism and ability to make some great plays at second base that I think the routine plays are going to be much easier for him this upcoming season. So defensively, amazing base running wise. Amazing. He's the only guy on this roster I would trust to steal home plate. That was a question we had a couple of months ago is who on this roster right now, if they're on third base, would you give the steal sign to see if he could steal home? Jonathan Indy is the only guy I could think of there. And with the bat pretty solid plate discipline, his bat, his, uh, at bats, Throughout the year, we're not ones that you're like, boy, oh boy, he swung real easy on that one, or he he really gets ate up by this one pitch. He has this one pitch that he just can't seem to handle. He doesn't have that kind of weakness in his game. Like We're not talking about Aristides Aquino with sliders low and away. We're not talking about Jose Barrero with breaking balls low and in that are obvious trouble spots for them. Jonathan India doesn't have that. Plus, he's got power and he has the ability to hit all fields. He's not a pool-only type guy. He is an all-around great player. I think he's got a really big shot at being the number one red for the foreseeable future. A couple of other guys to consider, though. Jesse Winker, obviously. Jesse Winker is a great hitter as well. Don't think that he is as valuable in the field as Jonathan India is. So when I I think about that, that's an obvious knock base running wise, India is way better than Jesse Winker. And I think the health factor is an important one. Availability is a key ability and Jesse Winker's health isn't as good. At least we've only seen one season of Jonathan India. So it's hard to make that assumption. Although as tough as Jonathan India was at the end of the season, yeah, I mean, you constantly, he was getting hit by a fastball in the arm or he had a bad, uh, somebody had a bad slide into an ankle or something like that. And you're just like, oh man, India is going to miss some time. Man, this sucks. And then he's right back out there. Like nothing happened. Dude is as tough as nails. Love that. So I think India's better than Winker. A really big argument that I think most uh, Reds fans would have is Luis Castillo. Now, The argument's going to be key as to if he is even a red next year because of all of these rumors about him being traded because he is a big trade chip and the reds would save some kind of money if they traded him, I guess. But hopefully if they do trade him, it's a worthy trade package and not just cost cutting. But Luis Castillo, if he remains a red, is the best, most talented pitcher that they have. When you talk about his fastball, his changeup, his sliders really coming along here recently. And I think that there is an argument to be had there. It's it's a little bit, kind of like I said, arguing position players and pitchers is a little bit difficult. And if you talk to Bronson Arroyo about it, Bronson Arroyo says that the pitcher is the most important player on the field. So there is something to be said about Luis Castillo against Jonathan India. I still think i give it to India, though. One or two other guys, and, and one of them's going to be hard, but this first one is Tyler Malley. Tyler Malley actually has an argument that he might be the best pitcher over Luis Castillo right now. His talent is just so evident, and there's something about him pitching at Great American Ballpark this past season that seems to be a roadblock, but I think he's going to fix that this upcoming year. I, I just think that Mally has to figure out how to not nibble for that strike three call. He seemed to do that a lot and not so much in the second half, but in the first half of this past season, he got into this mode where it's like, I got to get a strikeout. I got to get this dude on this crazy pitch. I'm going to nibble it on the corner and he's just going to be dumbfounded looking at the umpire like you're crazy. That's not a strike. But he ended up walking a lot of people because of that. So, if he fixes that, or if not walking people, he he got his pitch count up pretty high. If he fixes that, he could be the Reds' best pitcher. Still think Jonathan Indy is better. And the only, the only other one that I think I'd consider, and we've got to see what we're going to get from him this season, but he's going to be a generational pitching talent once he gets up here and gets comfy, is Hunter Green. Hunter Green might have a legitimate argument with Jonathan Indy, and we could revisit this argument here next off season and see where we're at but as of right now i look at jonathan india as the best red for the foreseeable future and you could also throw tyler stevenson in there as well but i i still like india more and maybe you've got a different take though let me know 513-549-0159 for the lockdown reds line or you can hit me up on twitter at jeff Carr with three f's and at Locked On Reds, we'll talk about this. I'll do a mailbag episode on Thursday, which will follow. So on Wednesday, I'm going to talk with Bobby Nightingale. We're going to talk about the state of the Reds and the idea of is this a rebuild? What is this? We'll talk about that with him on Wednesday. So that'll give you some also some good fodder to react to for Thursday's mailbag segment. Uh, but yeah, let me know what you think. Is Jonathan India the best Red for the foreseeable future, or who? Is it? Our, we will be monitoring tonight. We'll be all over the announcement of the awards and waiting for the moment that Jonathan India is named NL Rookie of the Year because let's face it, nobody else was better than him. And uh, yeah, sorry, lost my train of thought. He was the best. He'll be the NL rookie of the year. He should be. And if he's not, then we'll just be screaming tomorrow on the podcast. All right. Thank you so much for watching and for listening here today to the Locked On Reds podcast. Like I said, thanks for making me your hashtag first listen. Now make your second listen. Locked On MLB as Sully has you covered all things baseball past and present on the Locked On MLB podcast, just like Locked On Reds, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Look, it might be the offseason, season but we are locked on Reds every single day.